Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 489 of the Juice Box Podcast. I want to start today by admitting I am not perfect. This is one of these episodes that got lost in my filing system. I am now beginning to think that filing system is not great. Anyway, this is Beth. Beth lives in Wales in the UK. She has two sons, one of whom has type 1 diabetes and celiac. Beth is on the show today to talk about the diagnosis looping, and some mental health issues that she suffered with at the beginning of her son's diagnosis. This is a fantastic episode, and it just got it got misplaced in my files. I apologize. Uh, nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan. And I'm going to finish this episode up and figure out a better way to do the things that I do here. Once again, directly to you, Beth, I'm very sorry for the time that this took. If you guys can imagine, she booked this in mid-2019. We recorded it in mid-2020, so I'm sorry. Enjoy the show. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You can get started right now with Dexcom at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I'm Beth. I'm 39. I live in Wales in the UK. And my son, Finn, is 11. And he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 2. Wow. So you've been at this for quite some time already. Yes. <laughs> is it feeling normal at this point or no yeah um obviously jumping ahead a little bit we've been looping since august of last year um and that's made a huge difference to our well-being and, and the way we live really cool. so yeah i think after all this time it's finally becoming manageable then all right well we'll, we'll definitely get to that because i want to hear about the entire process but yeah i'm a little more interested in the moment uh you're in wales yeah I want to know a little bit about what it's like to be diagnosed there. So can you take me back to when that happened and, and sort of how it went? Yeah. So um, Finn was, he was coming up to three. So this was the January. He was due to turn three in the April. And he'd just sort of come out of um, diapers, as you would call them. So he was party training. Um, but I noticed that he was going to the bathroom a lot, um, drinking a lot. But then again, you know, you type kind of sometimes think well yeah but he's going to the bathroom a lot because he's drinking a lot and vice versa mm -hmm. um his clothes are a little bit looser on him but again he, he wasn't wearing the the diapers anymore and so you know everything sort of had a reason for it but it's sort of over a period of a week really before he was diagnosed things started to get more noticeable um one night the all the electricity blew in our kitchen and so uh, I took my two sons out to McDonald's for, for evening meal while my husband called the electrician uh, and it's literally a 10 minute drive so um, I took him to the bathroom before we left and then as soon as we got there which was 10 minutes later he was saying he needed to go again so I took him again he barely finished his food before he needed to go again and then we needed to go to a supermarket which is like literally just across the way from McDonald's and as soon as we got in there he started saying he needed the bathroom again so we found a bathroom there and then on the drive home he was sort of panic really really panicking um that he needed to go again and, and every time I was taking him he was actually passing quite a lot of urine so it wasn't the case he was just worrying he generally did need to go yeah. and then um the fall I think it was either that night or the following night um he woke up in the middle of the night and called me for a drink um and I had quite a large glass of water on my bedside table and he wouldn't normally drink water um he would drink milk or, or sugar-free squash and he just downed this huge glass of water and then just handed it to me and said more um, and it was sort of that at that point then I think I started thinking that he's got diabetes because my friend in work had type one. So I was my childhood friend. We happened to work together as well. I've known her um, all my life. So I knew the symptoms. And I think 
I w- that night, that was the following day. My husband had the day off work and I was in work and it was just going round and round and round in my head. And I rang my husband at lunchtime and said, um, I think Finn's got type one. And and he was like, don't be so ridiculous. He's been wrestling me all day. We've been playing football. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. And I thought, I don't know whether it was a mother's intuition or anything, but anyway, I decided I had some glucose testing strips at home, urine testing strips, because my other son had had a kidney issue mm-hmm. prior year. So I had some of these strips left. And so I decided when he went to the bathroom, when I got home from work, I was just going to dip the urine Um and I dipped the urine and it just went to the darkest level of glucose possible. So we, I rang the, what we've got is like an out of hours service. So when it's after sort of between nine and five, um, you ring the out of hours and get in touch with them. So I told them that I dipped this urine and it was really high indicator for glucose. Um, they were quite sort of dismissive, if I'm honest, saying, you know, are they in date? Are you sure you've dipped it properly? And even though I told them all these symptoms that he had, um, they seemed very sceptical of the fact that he he, he was type 1. Um, but I kind of knew at this point. Mm-hmm. So they um, said, you know, you can take him to the local hospital, but they may not have the kits there that you need, or you can bring him to the main hospital, which is only about 20 minutes away. So I decided to take him to the main hospital. I packed a bag. I knew I wasn't coming home. (laughs) Um, And then when we got there, they called us in. And I'll never forget, he was fast asleep. And he had this parka coat, this big furry coat on, because it was freezing cold. and they put like I lay him on the bed and, and she was still quite dismissive of me. And then she sort of pricked his finger and her face just dropped. Um, and I said, what's the matter? And she said, um, it won't give me a reading. His sugar is too high. Um, and that was it then. Um, it was basically get to the ward straight away. Um, when when I dipped the urine, there was no sign of ketones, which is a good thing. But uh, when we I got to the ward. I want to ask you real quick. I know you were like in a frenzy when this was happening but when she did the blood sugar and it didn't work did you have this feeling like you wanted to say are you sure you did it right because yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it was like you didn't want to be sort of smug about it because i didn't want to be right but i was like yes i do know to dip a urine stick you know? i can't I mean, imagine do... the wrong way to dip a stick into urine by the exactly. way exactly <laughs> and my other son I'd, I'd explained this because my other son had had post-streptococcus about six months prior okay. so i had to dip his urine every time he went to the bathroom for months and record the inputs and outputs on the readings it wasn't as if i'd never done it before well, i wonder if maybe you had done it wrong all those other times as well. <laughs> yeah maybe yeah <laughs> so anyway um at the time my husband was just in denial he was i think i at that point i was strong and my husband was just like no this, this is wrong you know and he, he said you know we went for a walk in and i bought him some sweets could it be could it be that and she just looked at him and said no you know this is high levels of sugar he's got type one aren't boys great and, <laughs> I know. He always looks for the positive, loving, which I was very that. grateful for in the following weeks. Yeah, I can assure yeah. you. Um, but yeah, we we got to the ward. Um, it was it was horrendous that next few hours because they were determined to try and get a line into him in case he had DKA. Yeah. In case he was in DKA, um, and I kept saying, you know, there was no ketones on the urine strip. He's absolutely exhausted. He was screaming, crying. Mm. He's been through enough. Can you just please wait for the bloods to come back? And and if he needs a line, he needs a line. So anyway, the nurse did get a line in eventually, and then he thrashed, and it it pulled out, and there was just blood everywhere. And and she laughed in a nervous way. Yeah. But at that point in time, I could have killed her. And I just said, that is enough. You know, you know, I know I was nervous because she was obviously getting so worked up as well. But I said, wait until the bloods come back. You're not, put, you're not putting him through that again. Right. So they found us a bed and he had his first insulin injection. Um, and then the bloods came back and he had no ketones. So he didn't need a line, which again, I was quite smug about because, <laughs> you know, I was like, I do know these things. Um, so, yeah, we were on mixed insulin injections then that back in 2012 it was at the nova mix 30 so it was like 30 percent long acting 70 percent fast acting or vice versa i can't even remember now yeah um and he just had sort of the one insulin injection with breakfast and another one with tea evening meal um but it was just if I, if I was to go back to that time, I think I've got involved with quite a lot of parent groups and advice groups and I'm on sort of patient reference groups with the local health authority now. And I'm now speaking to um, 
nurses then that are training to be um, diabetic nurses or just general um, nurses. And, and that is one of the things I've said is bedside manner is so important because that, I know, um, when when we finally met the DSN, it was sort of, you know, give me an orange and practice injecting the orange. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's not the same injecting an orange as injecting your two-year-old child. Yeah. But it was, I know you've got to get used to doing it, but it was just the kind of way it was just, well, just practice on that. Um, and another thing that was said at the time was I was desperate at this point and just saying, you know, do you think there's going to be a cure for this? And and I'll never forget, she actually said to me, yeah, I think there will be, but I hope it's not a dude in my career because I love my job. Oh, well, that's um, lovely. Uh, yeah, and I and that was, that has always stuck with me because I and that I remember speaking to um, a lot of student nurses pre a couple of months back, and I said this is something that was said to me, and their faces were full of horror. And I mm. said, I know, but at the time you just think, okay, yeah. <laughs> there we are then, and it was just kind of washed over. But I think there's so much training needed, um, especially we've got such a shortage of nurses here with the NHS, for, which specialise in diabetes. Things are improving slightly now, and I'm involved with a lot of the groups that are sort of taking place, but I think there's a huge need for a lot of, and I don't mean to be rude on this, okay, but we've got a lot of older nurses who just cannot keep up with the technology. Um and I think that's a massive issue at the moment because technology is moving so fast and they and a lot of them just can't keep up with it. Yeah. So yeah, that was how it started. Um that's and whilst I was whilst I was in hospital, I was fine. I was quite controlled because it wasn't up to me. You know, they were sort of taking care of him and they knew what to do and they were giving him the injections. And then it was sort of when I got home then that I kind of went downhill rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um well, hold, hold on. Look at you. You know oh, what you're going to say. No, no, you're okay. Take a breath. You're doing great. Uh, <laughs> by the way, either that was a really amazing diagnosis story or your accent just made it fantastic. I can't tell. Which, oh, so. I hate my accent. No, no, no hate please. it. You, had, you used so many different colloquialisms that I loved. I just, I, I was just <laughs> giggling over here. So I'm uh, trying to use American words. You know what I'm talking about. No, don't worry. I know what you're talking about. And if no one else <laughs> knows, that's their problem. I'm having a good time. So, <laughs> no, see, you're fine, honestly. Uh, but you're just, you know, a lot happened. And I know sometimes you can look up at that hour and think, am I going to get to everything? Um, yeah. But, but you will. Don't worry. Um, so you're back then. What are you, in your late 20s or just turned 30? Uh, I, I was 31. Okay. And you had you had both of your children at that point? Yeah. My oldest son, Kian, was uh, six and Finn was coming up to three. Okay. So this all happens and I, I want to just dig into the management just for a split second longer. They're giving you that, was what was that? Was that what they called cloudy back then or that the insulin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you're shooting like once a day for food. Are your expectations for outcomes at that point just completely different than they are in present day? Um, yeah, I, I was obsessed. I'm, I'm an accountant by um, my profession. Mm-hmm. So I'm upset, you know, I and I'm a, a huge control freak. Um, so this was the worst thing ever now because no matter what I did, no matter what I tried, which looking back now, with knowing how useless that insulin is, it's no surprise, but it was so hard because he would be high and I couldn't do anything because he literally just had these two doses, one in the morning, one in the evening, and I'd be putting him to bed at night and he'd be like 17 or 18, which, sorry, that's in millimoles now. I'm just trying to think what that would be in, in your reading, but that, that is extremely high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't do anything because that was he'd had his dose and and then through the night he would always come back into range by the morning but it used to really really stress me out how long he was actually high and how long he was taking to come down from that high and what the damage he was doing and that was something else that I was obsessed with at the time yeah it was, which didn't help it get it gets so you were really imagining like the internal things that were happening yeah right? yeah and I was constantly googling the worst case scenarios and the and the, the the life expectancy of somebody with diabetes as opposed to somebody without and I, I drove myself insane for a number of weeks to be honest mm-hmm. do you think um, anybody doesn't do that though 
Um, I think I was just surprised because I'm just so, I'm quite a strong person and I'm quite independent and I, you know, I'm not one of these people who, if I've got a hospital appointment, my husband will say, well, do you want me to come? I'm like, no, you know, I'm fine. I couldn't leave the house for weeks. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do anything. And I just lost myself completely for a number of weeks until I sort of somehow pulled myself out of it, you know. I, I was on medication for a little while and I joined a support group for parents of children with type one, which massively helped. Um, and I think one day I just thought, you know, you, you've just got to deal with this. It's not going away. Um, How did it and present? I thought, like, like what were the real implications in your life? So you are, you're obsessively looking into the worst case scenario of having type one diabetes you yeah. you're you're you know you're filling yourself with you know internet stuff which of course the internet is really only good for like four things and one of them yeah. is to tell you the worst things in the world um yeah. the other one's porn by the way there's not it doesn't really <laughs> do a whole lot the internet uh but like email yeah it's pretty much it and so um and, and so you're doing that and and at the same time you're having those thoughts about and i had them too about like what are these high blood sugars doing to arteries veins you know her body how she's thinking and it it becomes overwhelming did you ever go back to your childhood friend and talk to her i'm interested Uh, this is a standard joke because my childhood friend rang me every single day and i literally never answered the phone um i couldn't even speak to her the only people i could speak to um was my husband and my mother um, and I just wanted my mother to take me home and, and look after me. Yeah. But it's a standing joke with my friend, my with my best friend now because she's like, every day you just completely ignored my phone calls until I said as I as I got a little bit better, I suppose I I finally did start sort of speaking to her, and we did go to. She said, "Look, I'm picking you up. And we're just going to go for a coffee." And and the thought of leaving him then was was another massive hurdle but it was literally a mile up the road and 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 my husband was saying you know you need to go and speak to somebody else you need to get out and so we went to this coffee shop and I kept saying to her you know he's gonna die 10 years earlier than Bella because sorry to go back her daughter Mm -hmm. was born three weeks before Finn and so we spent our whole maternity leave together we did everything together and they were, we always used to say, oh, you're going to get married, you know, and all this nonsense. But I used to say to her, you know, he's going to, he's going to die before Bella now. He's, he's going to die like 10 years before Bella. And, and she, she just looked at me and this is something else that sticks in my mind. And she said, Bella could get run over by a bus tomorrow. You don't know that. That's a ridiculous thing to think. Yeah. And, and it, it made so much sense when she said it. And I, and I just thought, yeah, you're right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Googling all this. All this stuff on the internet is based on people who've had diabetes for 80 years, which, let's be honest, is nothing like what the treatments are like now. Right. And I think it was those type of things then which slowly made me sort of come to my senses a little bit and, and make me realize that, you know, I was focusing on all the negatives and I just really needed to focus on the positives. And that's kind of what I've tried to do since that moment. Really? I have to tell you, Bella and Finn would be a great title for a Disney Channel show for like tweens. <laughs> Um, yeah, but now they're 11 years old, and every time we say they're going to get married, they literally want to vomit. So it's not gonna, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Much for annoying. They're not going to help you keep your friendship together. Uh, no. So I I um I, I want to know in that time period, like that time period of darkness for you, how long was it? Did it last? Um, I was off work for six weeks. How far down the like the rabbit hole did you fall? Like, were you worried about yourself? Did you think you couldn't get back from where you were? Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com dot com slash risk. I find managing diabetes to be much easier with the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. 
I don't know that I've ever just said it that way, but it's incredibly true. Before Dexcom, I was not so good at managing blood sugars. But now that I can see the rate, direction, and number all in real time, it makes decisions much, much easier for us. So think about that. I'm going to pick up my phone right now and look to see what Arden's blood sugar is. It is 85, and it is stable. That's it. I can see that right there on my phone in that short amount of time. By stable, I mean her blood sugar is not fluctuating up or down at a rate the CGM sees. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not moving. It's not going to be 87 or 88 or 90 soon. But if it was, there'd be a little arrow that would sort of just turn up and show me, oh, the blood sugar's moving this way. Those arrows indicate speed. There's a diagonal up arrow, a straight up arrow, two arrows straight up, and they all mean different speeds. And you get to know them very quickly. They're also accompanied by uh, little tones that you can set up. For instance, Arden CGM will tell me if she crosses 120 going up or if she crosses 70 coming down. And that's how I make those decisions in real time. That's how you stop a 120 from becoming a 190. You can just sort of be like, ooh, ooh, we're getting out of range here. And just kind of bump it back a little bit. And you're right back at it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Arden can actually share her data with up to 10 followers on Android or iPhone. I'm one of the followers. My wife is another. And we could pick eight more. And of course, Arden can see everything on her phone. That doesn't count as part of the 10. It's really incredible. Check it out, please. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. There's links in your show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember it. But you can just type it into a browser. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Get started today. You will not regret it. Were you worried about yourself? Did you think you couldn't get back from where you were? At one point, yeah. Um, I even thought about killing myself, if I'm perfectly honest. It was a really dark time. Uh, I can't describe how out of control I felt. It was it was terrifying. And, and, and when I went, finally went to the doctors and they gave me um, antidepressants, they put me on too high a dose. And so I spent one night having anxiety attacks all through the night. Um, and my husband literally nearly carried me into the doctors on the following morning and just because I was like a zombie yeah. be between being overdosed on antidepressants and not sleeping. Um, and she just said, you should never have been started on a dose this high. Um, cut it in half, see how you go. And then she gave me um, something to help me sleep and said, you just take one. And then I remember coming to my room and, and saying, oh, OK, I'll just take the one. And I took one and, I, and she said, that will knock you up for like eight hours. And I woke up after an hour and took another one. And then I woke up after another and took another one. Mm. And then my husband came in and was like, what have you done? And I was like, I just need to sleep. I don't want to be awake and, not, and dealing with it. Right. So he flushed the rest down the toilet. Mm. And then. Oh, he was wrong about that candy thing, but he got that right. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, I just had to deal with it then. I, the obviously the medication on, on a much lower dose was very helpful, and and I slowly sort of pulled myself through, I guess. And my husband was amazing at the time. You know, he was going through hell, but he I, I, he never showed any weakness to me whatsoever. And the amount of times I just sat there sobbing for hours, and he just sat there trying to talk positively to me. And you know, it was and my mother. I would never have got through that time, but. Looking back now, I can't ever imagine feeling that low, but at the time it was really bad. I have a number of questions. So prior to the diabetes, had you ever felt suicidal or had depression before that? No. No. And I had slight I had slight postnatal depression after my first son. Yeah. Um, but I'd never ever felt like that. Right. Ever. And is it and I might be generalizing now from romantic comedy, so you tell me if I'm being silly, mm -hmm. but is is all that emotion uncommon in general? Um, I I do struggle with, I think only really since the diabetes, I struggle with um, anxiety more than anything. As he takes a new sort of path in life. So when he changes his school or like when he went on his first residential trip for the weeks and weeks before that, I still get really uptight and anxious and worried. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I am quite a, you know, I do get mood swings, but I'm, I think it's not, I don't think they're intense or anything. They just just 
my husband says all women are slightly crazy so i suppose i'm kind of fitting the bill there I, but, I, um, sometimes my kids say to my wife you're um that's gonna make you crazy and i always just go er from across the room <laughs> yeah. And, yeah he says that as well he's like you know what do you mean all women are mental i'm I, like oh god i, I you just know? i just want uh, a warning light i've always said to my wife i was like when your mood shifts if just like a like a, I don't know, like a, a light glow of a color would come up over your head or something like that, so that I'm aware of it. I think I think yeah. I could get into the situation differently. Um, but yeah. I felt like I was talking to the person from 25 minutes ago, and that's what happened there. I got very confused. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen. I I I want to be serious for a second. I love women. I don't know what happens to your bodies with all the chemicals and the hormones that are running around on you guys. You're doing a great job. It's not. Yeah. It isn't it's easy. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm watching Arden over the last week, just, you know, her, as her period comes on, all the shifts that are happening and her stomach hurts and then it doesn't and then she's hungry yeah. and then she's not. And, you know, just all of that is, you know, it's just it's the slightest little like hormonal change inside of you. It's uh, it sucks. And, you know, yeah, it, 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 listen, and I can be the most evil person at that time. You know, I hate everybody and everybody gets my nerves. And then the next day I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I was a bitch yesterday. <laughs> sort of the <laughs> Why end of that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not fun being a woman. I can assure you. No, but I mean, all the political like upsides and and how you're treated in the workplace, that all really fixes it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I uh, so you're you know you take some you're taking the medication. You're it really is when you look back on it no differently than having a really unexpected and tragic death in the family and yeah, and yeah. you hear about people needing to be sedated through that for time. Um and and that's it. It just it's more surprising to you you said because you 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 thought of yourself as a more as a strong-willed person. And by the way, I don't know that there's a correlation between being a strong-willed person and not being able to hear that your kid just got diabetes. Like, you know, you know that's upsetting to everybody. That's exactly what I said at the time was I I felt like it was a period of grief for the healthy child that I'd lost, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think so for sure. But during one of my trolls for, you know, the bad news stories on the internet, I found a quote and and this has stayed with me as well. And it's something that I've kind of tried to live by since. Mm. And it was the person who knows the most about diabetes lives the longest. Um, and that's kind of changed my tack, really. And I sort of thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, I bought books and I read about things and I joined loads of groups and I tried to find out as much as possible. And obviously that's part of how I found this podcast and everything, because I'm always trying to sort of learn more. Um, and I think that's what I've tried to do is try to keep up with the most up-to-date technology, try and get our hands on anything we possibly can to make this easier to manage. And I, I think at that point was when I went from all the bad news stories to thinking, do you know what? This is not going to ruin our lives. This right. this is us. This is who we are. And we've just got to make the best of it. And, and it sort of went from there, really. I've always said that the people who listen to the show all have one thing in common. They're, they're, it's, it's usually the way they got there. And yeah. it's either the, the people who are really searching for like next level ideas and they don't want to just sit in the status quo or it's someone who's had such bad luck getting blood sugars together. And then someone comes along and said, Oh, that happened to me. And this podcast helped me. And they're so, they're so lost and dying for any kind of information that they're really willing to jump on a podcast and listen to somebody and yeah. hope that they say something, you know? Um, and I think that's why, I think that's why when you see the people who listen all together, like I have a private Facebook group and I, you know, I just realized I say that all the time and I never really put any context to it. And I'm, I'm learning more recently that a lot of podcasts and, and other entities charge people to be in those private groups. They make it like a fee or a membership. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. It's just a Facebook group where people can talk a lot about management. And when you see all these people together, it's fascinating how much they've taken out of the podcast and other places and how good they are at talking about it. It's yeah. um, it's such a different thing um, from some public spaces I've seen where just anybody can kind of trickle into it. And then they end up talking probably from those articles you read online. Y you know, sometimes it's interesting that there's more fear. It's neat when you get a bunch of people together who feel emboldened. Yeah, and I, I think as well, you know, I found this podcast about, I think it was about 18 months ago. Um, and 
even though I've read the books and, you know, you read things online, it seems it's so much easier to listen to somebody talking about things than reading, I find. And and even though I'd been, obviously, uh, Finn had been diagnosed nearly seven years at that time, it was it was like a light bulb moment when it was kind of, you know, yeah. it's easier to treat a low sugar than to battle with a high. And I've never really thought about it like that. Um because it'd always be, oh, he's high, but I've corrected him, so he should come down now. Why hasn't he come down? I'll wait two hours and I'll correct him again. And then all of a sudden, it was just like a light bulb moment. Well, yeah, give him the extra insulin. We've got a Dexcom, you know. We'll, right. just, we'll just watch the arrows and then treat him. And and that, until we started looping, was a huge, huge benefit that, that I adopted and made a huge difference. It's funny you you're that that's what's where this conversation is going to head because last night. I have you ever heard have you heard the episodes with Kenny the Fox in the Loop House episodes about looping yes. right so Kenny and I um were talking last night because when this whole coronavirus thing happened and mm-hmm. Arden is now at, at home it took a few days but her insulin needs during the day during the time when she was going to be at school significantly dropped and Now see I was have gone through the roof Really isn't that interesting Yeah yeah. So we had these we had these adjustments I needed to make, and I I I told Kelly one day I said, "Listen, Arden's like her settings on her loop are so messed up at this point because I was adjusting slowly like I would in a normal situation, mm. and it, everything just got out of whack." I said, "I'm going back to zero, and I'm going to start over again. I'm going to put her at one basal rate and one ISF, you know, and I'm just going to move yeah. forward." And in that moment. I messaged Kenny and I said, and he and I don't talk super frequently or anything like that. And I told him I was doing that. And he's like, oh, let me watch your Night Scout so I can see. And I was like, yeah, all right. So I, you know, I gave him that. And we've been together, you know, like for the last week and a half or so, making these like adjustments. And Kenny's showing me about how he thinks about Loop. And it's it was different than the way I thought about it. So whether I end up doing what he does or uh, with the settings or doing what I do, or what I've been doing in the past, it's just really interesting to see different ideas about how to make the settings work and, and how to handle basal and things like that. And, yeah, so, and so we've yeah. been at that for a while now. And um, last night, he and I talked for like an hour. It was the first time we'd actually spoken. We'd done all this through messaging. And it, it struck me, just what you just said, he's explaining something. And it, to me, seems so technical. I struggle to understand what he's saying sometimes, but he's just, he understands it intrinsically. Just it's, he's more of a math person. He's working off of the numbers. And then I say something that's just painting with pictures, you know, and I'm like, does that mean this? And I say something ridiculous and he goes, yeah, that's the same idea. And I was like, okay, great. But I can't understand his numbers. And I don't think he ever could have come up with the picture gram that my brain made when he was talking. Yeah, I've got a similar situation in that the, um, the lady who helped me um, to build the loop. So she sort of talked me through it until two o'clock in the morning. She lives in um, West Wales, which is about 75 miles away. Um, she built the loop and she's been using it for two years. But she talked me through it and, and she's just like some kind of mathematical genius where she just knows exactly what to change when. And her daughter's HB ones are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but I know, and I work with figures day in, day out, but I just haven't got that brain that she's got. Um, I need, I need just need to do things differently, tweaks here and there. But she just seems to know, just by looking at a graph, looking at my son's graph, what I need to change. And I find that incredibly clever. Yeah. No, and I it, wish I could do it. Well, it's, it's very amazing. frustrating. <laughs> well, what I think is that there's there needs to be, people need to, but when I say people, I mean, I mean pump companies. And they're in a weird position because their FDA mandate does not let them flip switches on your pump and say, turn this up or turn this down. They can tell you, this is what this setting does. This is what this setting does. Now you're off to go talk to your doctor and figure it out. Except, you know, if you talk to them, you'd realize that they're worried that doctors aren't going to know how to do that. And there's an entire, you you may have heard Jenny talk about it a couple months ago. She was at an event where she was talking to clinicians and explaining them how to set up the an algorithm pump because they don't know either so we're stuck in Mm. this weird thing where you have this device that does such a great job and i think whether it's going to be the 
the Basil IQ from Tandem or it's going to be Horizon mm. from Omnipod. I think they're all going to do a really good job for people. But no one's there to tell you a little more, a little less. And, no. and the people who understand it are the math people. And in, with due respect, they're sometimes the worst at explaining things to yeah. people who don't yeah. think the way they do. Um, yeah, it's, interesting. it's similar because I gave a talk, um, come back at the beginning of the year. I can't remember when now. We seem to have been in lockdown for oh, God knows how long. Um, but yeah, I gave a talk at the start of the year to, um, well, they asked me to go and give a talk on looping to mm-hmm. um, a number of health professionals from all over Wales. Um, and one of the consultants came on to me at the end and said, you know, do you want to come and work for me? Because I just don't understand. I, I'm supporting these families on on the on this loop, but obviously it's not approved. So I can't make decisions on what to change. And I look at their graph and I, I because I've never been shown how to set this up, I'm in no position to help them. Yeah. Um and I couldn't really give him an answer because I said, Well, you're not going to be able to help them in that way because if you don't understand how the loop works, you're not going to be able to give them advice on that. It's a really difficult position to be in. And I think personally, from my own point of view, is is if you're going to set your child up on that kind of system, I've had to learn how to manage that and how to tweak things myself with a bit of help from others. But if I go into clinic, I only go to clinic now to get a HVA1. You know, they yeah. don't change anything. They don't look at anything. They just do his HBA one, say amazing, his levels are great. Off you go, see you in three months. Um, and it's difficult for I think health professionals to support you with something that's not medically approved at the moment. So, oh, of course, I, it I, is a bit of a strange one, really. You know what? I, when I hear you say that about, I really only go in probably for your, you know, to get the the A one C. I'm starting to think that. I wonder how many people are going to go to telemedicine on with diabetes because you really don't there's so much data coming back and so many mm. apps that can tell you really within reasonable accuracy what your A1C is that yeah. you know do you need that draw all the time to to tell you or No, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean we don't pay for healthcare here obviously but you know, I can understand if somebody's paying and traveling across the country to go and get bloods drawn. And I'm thinking, well, you know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know from the data from your from your night scout, from your loop. Um, you can run reports in night scout to tell where your HB1R is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we go just to sort of catch up with them. And I do like to get the HB1 result. But as I say, you know, we I know what it's going to be roughly before I go there, and it's normally pretty close. Yeah, that's how I feel too. That we play a game. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the nurse practitioner is like, "What's it going to be?" And I tell her, and she goes, "Okay." And then she pulls the paper out and she goes, "It is." And I'm like, "Great, yeah, and we're done." <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but then I need to get prescriptions written. But you don't need that, right? No, no. Yeah. No. Well, 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 we kind of do it. We, we've been funding the Dexcom um, since. 2017 January 2017 up until January this year so three years we were funding that ourselves mm-hmm. um 100% um because we didn't have funding from the hospital but they I put an application in beginning of the year uh evidencing the fact that how it's helped with his HBA1 and Finn plays rugby so he's very active right. and so they've they've now agreed to fund that for us so that is fully funded but it just gets sent to us every three months so well the island's got so much more money now that megan and harry left right so you guys yeah exactly yeah, they can afford to help <laughs> you out a little bit i think that's yeah fair. <laughs> but it's quite straightforward you know we ring up the pump company um for pump supplies whenever we need them they get sent to the door mm-hmm. and then now dexcom gets sent on an automated basis every three months so the only thing we need to go to the pharmacy for the insulin and the testing strips but to be honest i very rarely use testing strips these days yeah I, you know, I, I have to say we don't test a ton, we but there are days when you test more than others. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you'll you'll not test for a couple of days in a row, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, I need to know this is 100% right, or, you know, there's a CGM change somewhere or the end of a sensor yeah. sometimes. It's interesting to have... Um, you know, you need that. You need that great meter when you need it, just not yeah. not constantly like you used to. If you have, you know, if you have Dexcom, honestly, the version of Libre that exists now, um, from what I understand, isn't. I think you'd still want to be testing if you were using that. Uh, yeah, but- I, we used the Libre for two years, I think, before we switched to Dexcom, uh, and it wasn't the best accurate wise for mm-hmm. me. I mean, I, I know p- other people find it amazing. Some people are looping with it, but um, I always found say his 
you know, it was always like five or six pints, which to us is a lot um, in millimol, a lot higher than what the actual blood reading was. And it would over-exaggerate highs and lows. Um, I didn't, if he was in range, it was pretty good, but anything out of that sort of tiny range, it it, it was never that accurate for us, really. Yeah, for people listening earlier, have you had said that you know there was a, a blood sugar of eighteen, which would have been three twenty five, and yeah. being the difference between you know a five points off of an eighteen would be what three twenty five to probably around two twenty five. It's like a hundred points. Yeah, yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. So um, I really have to make up one of these charts and just put it on the website. I know. So people, I know can click it's on so it. hard. I, I hear there are people who are listening; they have it on paper. And they hear someone with an accent, and then they run around grabbing their, their chart. <laughs> yeah, I do that. <laughs> I do that because obviously it's the other way for me. So when they mention it like three, two, five, I'm like, right, okay, divide that by this, and that's millimol. But yeah, it's the same here, really. Right. Well, I'm gonna make up a chart somewhere that people can download and print out, and it'll. it'll... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you want it wallet size or for tabletop? Anyway, we'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> You know, you you guys went through a lot of different versions of of care, and you know, landed eventually with Dexcom, and then and looping. Um, yeah, I know that this seems weird, but just very quickly for people who have just stumbled into this episode, at the moment um, in May of 2020, the loop algorithm is an app you download from the internet. It's not made by a company. It's not approved by the FDA. There's some really brilliant people who have written it and continue to update it and make it work. Um, Arden is using it at the moment and um, with, with relative success. Um, and it just makes decisions for you about insulin. Now there are different versions of it. I think there's the master version, which I guess is the, the main one right now. Um, and then there's a uh, one called, do they still call it Pete's branch that actually does auto bolusing? Do you use the auto bolusing version or are you using? No, I, I, we are not actually on loop. Um, we're using the Android version. Okay. So we're on, um, what's called Android APS. So this is something that's been specifically written for Android phones rather than the iPhone or the Apple product. Oh, so you're, that's interesting. So you're not actually using the loop algorithm. You're using the the APS, the other one. Yes. But yeah. you call it loop because that, I guess that's a more Sorry, yeah, phrase. I call it like your closed loop. DIY closed loop is what I, I call it to people oh, who don't really know what Android APS would be. That's super interesting. So is yours the one that was made by the woman who was on the show years ago? Um, Dana. Yeah. 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 Ah, okay. So Dana came on years ago and was like, I wrote this program and it keeps my blood sugar state. And I was like, get out of here. And she told me all <laughs> yeah. of that. I was like, that's yeah. crazy. Um, and so, yeah. okay. So technically APS is the one you're using. Also, yeah. also made by a lovely person who's not a company and hasn't been FDA approved. There's also yeah. one called loop, but the idea of closing the loop or a closed loop system. So that's how you refer to it. Yes. Got yeah. It. Sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. That's that, I just want to make sure I understand. Um, yeah. Oh, that's excellent. And you find the same kind of, uh, is the saturation in England more APS than loop for among people who are using? Um, I don't know. Actually, no, I think there's quite a lot of people using loop as well. Um, I think for me, Obviously, we we just went for it because he's used to Android. His actual phone that mm-hmm. he uses to sort of play, talk to his friends, etc., is an iPhone. Um, but it was just I knew a lot of people that were using this current algorithm, and so um, that's how I just bought like a cheap Android phone. So that is so that is something that he um, doesn't need to touch. Then it literally he t- carries it around with him, but he's got his own phone then for his sort of socializing with his friends. So I think that's quite important. I'm wondering how APS works. Is it um, is it mostly manipulation of basal and meal insulin, or does it bolus on its own? Well, there's like there's sort of there's three different algorithms that you can choose, and um, you've got to build it in Android Studio, and then um, 
build an APK and download it onto the phone. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to go through a number of objectives um, over a period of six weeks when you first start to, to prove that you understand how it all works. Okay. And then once you get to the end of that six weeks, you get to the most, the most sophisticated system, which is the SMB, which is the microboluses. So there's a mixture of temporary basils on and off. But they also then provide like tiny little boluses as well. Um, so the system will give microboluses as well as changing the basil. Um, and that's when we've seen the best results. So if we did something, for example, say he's having 50 grams of carbs over three hours, it will do a mixture of the temporary basil and it'll give these tiny microboluses. They'll set them for the next three hours. And then they'll just give tiny 0.2s, 0.3s, 0.5s, you know, as and when they see fit based on the, the trend of the algorithm. Beth, you're a little soft. Your voice got softer. Did you? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Is that better? Yeah, just yeah, get on that microphone. Because, yeah. because you're doing knots and they're my favorite part of any time somebody from, from your part of the world comes on. <laughs> That's all. I, I'm so sorry. No, you just got really soft for a second. I couldn't hear you, and I didn't know what okay, happened. Okay, sorry. sorry. No, no. Uh, so so I, I think the same thing, by the way. Um, we see the best results with an auto bolus because it happens more quickly than, yeah. than ramping up basal insulin. Yeah. Right? It's interesting, though. Now, you know, you're never going to run into this, but um, loop for Arden away from her period so away from hormonal things loop is like magical for arden and yeah. then at certain times of the month it the settings are just not right to handle what's mm. going on with her and it's more around food than it is around just basil so you have to be a little more agile i have to be a little more agile around those times of, of the month um and so that's uh, an, an extra. I haven't added. got to that lovely stage of hormones yet. I'm sure I'll, I'll enjoy it when it arrives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm hoping it's not so bad with boys, but who knows? Oh, no. With delights boy, await. When I hear from uh, parents of teenage boys is that what happens most with them is just sort of when it goes wrong, it ends up being like, uh, it's fine. I got it. And it, it's not fine. And they don't got it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with the other thing that we've got with which was the other reason I, I chose this version um I'm not I'm not that familiar with loops so this may have be have a similar thing but with the Android version I've got an actual um app on my phone because I also use an Android phone called Night Scout Client mm -hmm. and so I can actually uh change his profile or um, give him um, enter carbs so that the, the loop activates from my phone, If even if I'm nowhere near him. Yeah. So if, for example, he was in school prior to lockdown when he was going to school um, and I was in work, if I could see that he was getting a bit high and the loop wasn't being as aggressive enough, I can just add into my phone 10 grams of fake carbs and that would then give him a little bit more insulin to bring him down. Yeah. So because he's he was quite young um, and I wanted to be able to have that sort of option, and there's, there's also text messaging um, sort of boluses that you can give as well, which are all password protected and you won't have to enter a pin. But I think for a younger child, I felt I, this, this gave me a little bit more control from being remotely in, in work and he's in school. Um, but again, you know, as he's getting older, he's predominantly doing everything himself. And so I, I just think for people with like sort of young, young children, it is quite beneficial. But as I say, we're trying to encourage him now to, to make a lot of those decisions himself. And he yeah. is getting there and he is quite, you know, he's very responsible to be fair to him. Right. Now, it's a it's a lot to learn and it takes a long time for them to absorb it all. I don't, mm. you know, uh, I, I had Arden really understood you know, when we were doing what I talk about on the podcast and, you know, bumping and being, which I use versions of that with, with loop too. But when we were mm. doing all that, she really started getting it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great. And then, you know, someone said, try loop and just so you can try it. And I have to admit, when we first started doing it, I thought this might just be something I need to understand for the podcast and why not try something new? Yeah. And, and now I think, no, I think algorithms are... Are, are the way we're going to go, um, you know, moving forward. I am genuinely interested in Omnipods uh, for a couple of reasons. Maybe the biggest one, when Horizon comes out, the algorithm will live right on the pod, which may not seem like a big deal to people, but when you're looping, you have a phone, 
and then a, a a bridge. They call it a Riley link. Arden calls it the thing, right? And so the phone needs to be near the thing that needs to be near the pump. And then that be and and the minute you wander too far away from one of those things, the loop, you know, isn't doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. When I guess Omnipod, you know, was developing their thing, they decided like print it on the circuit board, I guess, of every pod is the algorithm. So you don't need to be near your phone for the algorithm to keep working. That's exciting to yeah. me. Like like yeah. so I'm really, really super hopeful about, about when is what that that's looking to be Oh, I think um the COVID nineteen pushed it back a little bit. They were mm. saying the end of this year, but now I think they're saying the beginning of next. Right. Okay. So because that's the other thing. We don't need to, um, any any extra software with the with the Android version. So he literally just has the phone, but because he has the extra phone as well, he still has to carry the two. But when he's at school, he's got sort of like a, you know, like a spy belt type of thing that yep. people wear to go running. He just wears that. Um, wears the extra phone in his belt and obviously leaves his iPhone at home. Um. So he doesn't have to, and he, he's just got a watch then. So he can he can actually bowl us from his watch with this APS system. So he can actually enter the carbs into his watch and the watch will deliver the bowler. So I think when he goes to high school in September, um, he doesn't actually do it on the watch at the moment because his friends are so used to used to it all. He just gets the phone out. But I think maybe when he goes to high school and he's like a little fish in a big pond, he won't want the attention on him. So I'm hoping that he will sort of, That'll, you'll see that as a benefit maybe then yeah whatever makes him comfortable i guess and you know if, yeah. if he doesn't care about doing it in front of people then um he know, doesn't I, care about anything he's the most chilled child you'll ever meet yeah i'm the happiest honestly that's, that's <laughs> he could teach me a few things he's he's just nothing ever gets him down he's incredible that's excellent that's really cool hey listen uh this is off to the side but are you guys being nice to adele because she looks great, and I'm afraid people are going to give her trouble for losing weight. And I, I think that's ridiculous. But I I just want her to be able to sing still. Is that how you feel? No, I'd, I'd like to look like Adele. Yeah, right? At the moment, I'm just growing by the day in lockdown because I'm just drinking more wine <laughs> and having more barbecues and eating more chocolate and not going anywhere. So, yeah. Chocolate's been my problem. Um, and and I, I have not said it out loud to anybody, but I went to bed last night and I thought, hmm. 36 hour water fast. I'm not uh <laughs> I'm not eating anything tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's just so I think we we're allowed out here for daily exercise as part of the lockdown rules, but I think our where we live at the moment um has got the highest rate of covid infections in the UK. Um okay. and that terrifies me. So at the moment we just stick into the garden um and we're not going anyway so i haven't been out for any kind of exercise for about six weeks i hear you so um yeah it's, it's not it's not great and i'm drinking wine and we have a zoom quiz on a friday night and a zoom quiz on a saturday night and yeah and then we're eating cheese and crackers at like 12 o'clock in the night it's just you know i'm going to come out to be looking like adele did before <laughs> not after is this is a zoom quiz code for reason to drink wine yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, it's it's great because we meet up with like my husband's side of the family, and my husband's got older children as well. So we all have a quiz on a Friday, and then on a Saturday night, it's sort of my mother, my auntie, my cousins, and I'm probably seeing more of my family and friends now than than I did before. It's a neat idea. So um, yeah, you know, you got to make the best of it, haven't you? Yeah, I don't. There's nothing else to do. My son just finished college the other day from home, you know, out of his bedroom, which I think was yeah, enough of a bummer. It's quite sad, really, isn't yeah. it? Um, but he's. Like, Are you still in lockdown there at the moment, or? Oh yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're our our restrictions are on. I think at least till the middle of June, um, and so I have to be honest. I'm not looking to go back. Like I don't want to be one of the first people that runs outside. I no, yeah. not me. <laughs> I, I'm quite happy in my little bubble here. Um, I, I'm I'm not I've no confidence at the moment in the way the government are running anything here and I don't trust anything they say and so um I'm not gonna be part of the little experiment, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah, well you've got you've got the uh he looks like the cold miser from that might be a reference you don't get, but there's an old Christmas cartoon and your guy's hair looks like uh one of the uh, Well we're in a mess at the moment because obviously the United Kingdom is Wales, Scotland, um, England and Ireland. And Wales, Scotland and Ireland have decided to do something different to England because they don't agree with lifting it as soon as he is. And so there's so many mixed messages now. Everybody can do different things and it's just a mess. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just staying in, eating and drinking. <laughs> Damn it, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm not letting yeah. that thing kill me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna die of overeating instead. <laughs> I'll take care of this on my own. I don't need your help. Uh, that's amazing. 
How how do the kids handle being inside? Um, and is it seem? Um, my older son is struggling more. I think. Um, he's they both play a lot of sport, and so they're missing that because obviously they they would be training two or three times a week, playing every Sunday. Obviously, that hasn't happened now and since till since the middle of March. Um, my older son has been going for a run now and again, but I'm just like a nervous wreck until he gets back. But I'm I'm allowing him to go. To be honest, Finn has been pretty good. Is he turned eleven in lockdown, so he didn't see any of his family and friends really, other than people standing in the garden. So, but he took it all on the chin. You know, we we had a big buffet for it, for his birthday, and then we had a barbecue out the garden in the evening. And they they're pretty good. I mean, they've got the PS4, so he's speaking to his friends on there every day. And I think whilst that can be something you resent on occasions, at the current moment in time, is definitely needed for them to keep in contact with each other yeah. and they get in work set by the teachers via either microsoft teams or google classrooms and so you know i can't say they're doing a huge amount of work but they're doing whatever's set so yeah it's just just become kind of normal so quickly you know right. you just think that when it first gets announced it's just like a shock to the system but now it's the new normal and i can't imagine going back to before yeah it, it is interesting how quickly you can adapt to something like this um yeah we had uh it just something we i refinanced our mortgage because the rates got really good and i was like all right well i'll take less money or to out, out every yeah. month like you know so a notary republic showed up at our house yesterday and we had to sign a bunch of paperwork and, you know, she's got gloves on and a mask and she comes into the house and we sit at a table and I disinfected the table. I joked when she came in, I said, I've used this table for stuff like this in the past. I've never disinfected it. I've, I've always wiped it off, but <laughs> yeah. I've never thoughtfully killed the germs on it before, you know. No. And and we you know, signed the paperwork and she left. And I said to my wife, isn't that strange? We'll never know what she looked like. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. know, like I'll never if I saw that woman tomorrow, I wouldn't know it was her. And, and uh, it, was, it was that. I found kind of interesting and odd, um, but yeah. but I was struck by how I didn't sit there the whole time and think that lady's wearing a mask and gloves like it didn't. Yeah, it's just become so normal. Yeah, I I don't know though about so Arden. We're gonna finish up in a few minutes, but Arden said something to me. We had to go. Um, she had to get an X ray, which ended up being negative during this whole thing, and it was the one time she was out of the house. She's you know in a waiting room with me, waiting her turn and she's got a mask on and I have my face covered and, and she just says, is this how it's going to be, you know, from Mm. now on? And I said, I don't think so. I said, I think maybe one day we'll transition to like, maybe this will make Americans think, you know what, when I'm sick, I'll cover my face when I go in public, like sort of like they Mm. do in China already, you know, like if you're sick, you cover your face. Um, and I said, that might not be a bad thing. Um, I said, but I I don't imagine it's going to go forever. I said, I think we'll, you know, this will change at some point. And I said, why? And she, I said, is it bothering you? And she goes, I just don't like, what's the point? And she's like, we can't see anybody. Nobody's interacting. Everybody looks scared. She's like, like, what are we doing? And, and I was like, you mean like this isn't living? And she said, yeah, like that, this doesn't feel like being alive. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. So, um, you know, it, I'm interested to see what's going to happen for sure. Yeah, I know we we're supposed to be coming to Florida in um, October. Um, we booked 16 nights in a villa in Orlando and we, we booked all the park tickets and we're yeah. going to Discovery Cove on Halloween. And well, obviously none of that's going to happen now. So Right. Isn't that something? Just, yeah, and it's all for my fortieth birthday, so I'm quite mad, really. I've we've at the moment we've lost about six holidays this year because we'd planned so much because it was my fortieth birthday, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's all gone to pot. So we, there we are. We're we all safe and well. That's the main thing. Oh, 100 percent. We don't vacation much at all, and so mm-hmm. and we stopped. We were going to do one a couple of years ago that we didn't because we're like, you know, what we're going to do instead. My son graduates college the same year my daughter graduates from high school that's when we'll go away and so we've yeah. been planning towards that and you know it's still a couple of it's a year or two off but you're still like oh like, is that is the whole world gonna yeah like that then? i know like, i hope so you know you know it's and it's like my cousin was supposed to have got married last saturday and we we, we we literally went on the hen weekend on the 13th of march and everything was fine it was just carry on as normal and we got back on the 16th and it was like stay in don't go out lockdown and it was all of a sudden just 
complete world just changed overnight mm. and now her, and and I remember we were on that hem weekend and she was saying I'm worried about my wedding and we were like don't be so ridiculous you're not going to call a wedding off and of course they did you know that yeah. wedding didn't happen on Saturday and now it's been delayed until October and now we're even thinking is that going to happen we were right in Florida my son was playing baseball right as this was going on and I remember a mother looking at me and going this isn't going to be a big deal, right? And I said, it sounds like a big deal to me. You're like, you mm. know, like I'm like, have you been listening to the news and paying a little bit of attention to like the direction it seems like things are going? And she's like, no, but this is silly. And I was like, I don't think so. I said, I don't think they're going to let the kids go back to school. And are you wish schools definitely close until September or August well, to see you go back? Yeah, I don't. The, my daughter's not going to end up back in high school. Like that's she's going to finish the year out like this. His college year's over already, and now mm. we're just hoping. You know, for us personally, Cole's hoping that he gets to play. He's in a collegiate baseball league in the summer, and he's hoping they actually play. And you know, then everyone's hoping they're going to go back to school. There's a lot of college kids here in America talking about if if distance learning happens again next semester, they're going to take a semester off. They're not even going to go back and do it. Yeah. So they're talking about you now. Um, obviously, Finn is in what we call year six. So that's the last year before they go to high, to what you would call high school. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about that year group being allowed to go back um, for the last sort of three or four weeks of term. And I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what, you know, they say, no, you know, they need to, the transition and they need to see their friends. And, and I'm a governor in Finn's school with, so I was speaking to the head this week and, and he said, it's not going to be the same experience. If they come back for four weeks, we can have like five in each class. You know, yeah. they're going to be, he's got staff that are extremely vulnerable and who can't come back to school. They're not going to have a normal teacher. They're all going to be split up. It's not going to be like the happy or oh, here we go by experience that they, they thought they were going to get whatever happens. And so I just think it's taking unnecessary risk and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think I'll be sending Finn back even if the schools do reopen because they've already said that Kian won't be going back to school. So he's year nine, which is three years old, three years older in high school. I don't see and the he won't, reason to go He back. won't be going back. Yeah, I don't see it now. Arden's like, she loves this. I, I think she's going to fight us about going back next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to be honest. I think Finn is sort of um, happy enough. He's not bothered about going back because in his the first thing he said when I said, "Look, you know, you may not go back to school this year," and he said, "Ah, oh, at least I won't have to do the test because <laughs> they do these big tests before they go to high school." And, he, and that's all he could focus on was you know the positive, right. which is him all over. Whereas I think Kian is miss, missing the social side of school and and seeing his friends in that type of environment but it is what it is Arden likes to she gets done and then she comes upstairs she does a workout in her room she takes a shower like she seems like she's living a great life all of a sudden yeah Uh, Yeah. her stress is obviously lower because her insulin needs are down so far during the day Um, yeah her her basal insulin went from near two units an hour to one unit an hour really it's crazy because his has gone through the roof Um, his not so much his basal but his actual bolus um, his carb ratios have, have, have decreased massively. And I think it's because he was so active before. So he was doing sports sort of three or four times a week. Yes. Um, he was obviously out, out in the schoolyard running around three or four times a day. And now he's just not doing anything. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more the, the bolus that we've had to sort of increase the insulin for. Right. But, you Did know, you... it's working and his levels have been, it's, have been really good. So... Yeah. Well, you can use the right amount of insulin, but people will kind of incorrectly think of that as insulin resistance, where it's not insulin resistance. It's that the activity isn't yeah. bringing, isn't bringing his blood sugar down in different areas yeah. of the day. Yeah, it's interesting. So we've spent the last two weeks, we've got builders out the garden at the moment, social distancing, because um, we've just figured like we've got we've got six holidays that have been canceled this year, like just UK breaks rather than the big one to Florida. and. We're thinking, well, we're staying in, we're being safe, so we're going to get the garden done. Um, so as of Friday, that should be finished, and he's got a 12-foot by 6-foot football goal waiting to go up. And so I'd be locking him out there a couple of hours a day so to, get some ex- <laughs> to get some exercise Mommy's going to take week. a quiz, go outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Well, oh. I really appreciate you doing this. Did we miss anything that you were hoping to talk about? No, I don't think so. I think it was just sort of, you know, when – when Finn first got diagnosed, I couldn't see a way out. And I think I felt so low that if somebody had told me then what I would have achieved technology wise now and what, and how happy and healthy he would be, 
I would never have believed it. And I think it's just, it's nice for people who've just been through what I went through at that point in time. If they are feeling low, there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not, it's never going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. You think your life is over and you think, I see so many desperate posts from people whose children have just been diagnosed and it makes me so sad because I know exactly how they feel and I just wish that they could see you know that things do get better and it does become the new normal and and you know i always say that there is life after the type 1 diagnosis isn't there you know yeah i i just i like to say that while diabetes doesn't ever get easier you get so much better at it that it sometimes yeah. feels easy and then yeah you know, that's the same thing it you know one day you'll just you'll gather up so much experience that you'll look at yeah. a blood sugar and just know what to do i i somebody yeah. was asking me yesterday about they saw some app or I forget what it was. And you, t- you know, you ask it, you say, I'm having an apple. And it says, based on your, you know, your activity today and blah, 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 like give yourself this much insulin for the apple. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think that's one of the things from using this um, APS system is there's so much more to it than that. There's so much more to it than how much carbs is in that apple. Yeah. You know, it's all the, the carb, the bolus insulin you've got on board, the basal insulin you've got on board, the carbs you've still got on board. There's so much more to think about, which a human brain can't, can't compute every minute of every day when we've got our own jobs to do and lives to lead. And, and I think it's just incredibly clever. And I'm so grateful to the people who've created it and, and allowing people to use it free of charge. It's um, amazing, yeah. You no. know, if somebody had told me this would be available 10 years ago, I definitely wouldn't have been such a psychopath at the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's um, it's changed our lives. And, and I, get, I sleep every night. I mean, since we've been looping, I'd say I've got up since last August, I've probably got up around 20 times at night, mm-hmm. whereas I was up every single night for seven and a half years. And I think the sleep is just... It's a big deal. I've forgotten what it was like. Yeah, it's wonderful. It changes your life. Uh, it does. Not having More it than and, anything, and that has changed my life. Getting it back. You know, because you're so irritable when you're tired and, and things get on your nerves more and you get stroppy with people. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not stroppy. My husband would definitely still agree that I am. But, you know, you you feel so much better when you've had a good night's sleep. Oh, I can't sure. put it into words how much of a difference that's made. Get your sleep. It's part of my um when I speak in public, the last thing I say to people is you have to you have to find a way to sleep or this is all gonna fall apart. I don't care how much you understand how to use this insulin. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, listen, you may uh be mortified to find that uh, up until forty five seconds ago, I didn't know what to call this episode. I was struggling. I actually was gonna stop the recording and ask you to tell me like some colloquialism <laughs> that I could like put on it. But just at the very end, you came up with it. This one's going to be called Former Psychopath, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I love it. (laughs) A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L- U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor for sponsoring this episode. Head over to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to learn more or to get started today. And of course, thank you so much to Beth for sharing her story. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. It is super simple to support the show. Subscribe in a podcast app. Listen to the show. Share it with others. That's it. That's all I really need from you. And I'll be able to keep this going and going and going and going. Share. Subscribe. Share and subscribe. Share. Subscribe. That's it. There's nothing else for you to do. I mean, you can leave a great review somewhere where you're listening if you want. Like a really well thought out one, not just like, I love this podcast, but like five stars, first of all, like, I love it so much. That's what those stars say. And then, boom, you're in there with a heartfelt review, which helps the next person who sees the review say, uh, I might give this thing a shot. Okay. Review. Well, let's not just say review. Amazing review. Share and subscribe. If you can do that, I can do the rest.